to the Making Laps Podcast. I ate a whole freaking large calzone, and yes, they do make two different sized calzones before. Hey, we got how on. are they? You didn't see you there. How are is everybody? God, Welcome I'm to so the Making Life Podcast. Full. I'm too old to eat this much. I swear to God, I can't do it no more. I'm not even drinking beer. I'm drinking water. Yeah, well, it's so bad. Like I'm not 20, and I gotta realize that that fucking sucks. I'm sick of feeling Bring like this shit. Down a little bit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason, alongside me. Denied. Holy Go shit. to 101soundboards.com to access the sound. Should I just start over? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it was supposed to say gay. Wow. Take two. Take two. Hello and welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. I'll do it again. Hello and welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my co-host oh, and have... brother, Jesse Gleason, who can't figure out the goddamn board today. Oh, the problems. I wish you all knew about the problems we were having. It's been 40 minutes since we wanted to start, and this is just ridiculous at this point. I don't think we could ever finish a show today if we tried. But anyway, while he works, on our, on the other line... Wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that we include the uh, screen on... There we go. Oh, we got to set that first, huh? There it is. It's Phil Jakes, our Florida connection. Hello, Phil. What's going on? What an absolute shit show. I'm like... <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> We've almost done 60 episodes, and we still can't get it together. I blame We're sunspots. We're race car drivers, not audio guys. It's <sighs> sunspots and uh, magnetic fields. If you ask all the if you ask all the white women, warming. it's uh, Mercury in retrograde or some shit. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> don't Mercury ask me. I don't retrograde. have any fucking clue. Don't don't ask. I'm Is not that even... because we landed on Mars? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this: all astrology is bullshit. There. Don't listen. It doesn't work. It, oh, this is like... It's all it's coincidental. It's like those people who say they can talk to the dead. They can, they can say something vaguely, you know, similar to what you're looking for, and you think, oh my god, they, they're psychic. They can speak to... No, they can't speak to the dead. They're fake, okay? I spoke to the dead. You they get, don't They don't talk back. Yeah, they do. I heard what... I heard dad. <laughs> you know what he said? What? Dirt. Oh. Worms. Uh, he's not... You know, it's not how it works. Worms. Too soon. <laughs> See, we're off to a great start today, aren't we? We're on a great start. Ha <laughs> ha, your dad's dead. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yours is too. Ow! <laughs> Suck it, you. bitch. Damn. This is brutal today. I know, my budget, uh, my racing budget's killing me. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yay! Okay. We're back on form. Uh... Welcome. If we were going to be canceled, we probably would have been canceled already. So, I mean, I'm surprised Sid hasn't pulled the plug on us yet. <laughs> We've only been on for three episodes. What do we have, 37 views? Uh, no, we actually have like three times the views on YouTube that we actually get like via uh, podcast form. We have a third of the oh, views so that six. Brock's beard gets, and, he, and he's like famous. And he's good. <laughs> he's NASCAR man, and he just won't admit it. Yeah. We have a third of the views of him, and he's no, I'm, actually good. I'm actually, yeah, I'm convinced that he uses NASCAR man as his alter ego, and just doesn't say anything. NASCAR man. Yeah, right. 
Yes. It's like the chicks will love this. I'm NASCAR man. <laughs> I mean, the videos and the cool and the history stuff he does is cool. If anybody hasn't seen NASCAR man or uh, Brock Beard on YouTube, they do some cool stuff. Did you catch his latest video about uh, the US 500 and uh, the IRL split? Yep. I just watched it yesterday I've in the garage. I've been watching them all good. along. They're excellent. He does good videos, but I wish he would just admit that he's NASCAR man. Unless he's trying to play it or well, something. Well, right now he's IndyCar man. Well, he's everything. Because it's not NASCAR, it's IndyCar. Whatever. Split. But he won't admit it, so. Uh, anything else? Anything, okay, see anything so else lately? welcome to the NASCAR. <laughs> so. Yeah, anyway. So, again, I usually lead off with personal updates, and I've got a good one. I've got a great personal update. I've got a couple transmissions that I've been rebuilding to be prepared for once. And with all the new rule changes, I'm like, well, I got these two that'll be great. They're perfect ratios. You know, I can build them up to what I want. No problem. Took the first one, built it. Looked a little worn on third gear. It had a couple little flakes on the edge because it's just worn. It's got a lot of mileage on it. So I took it and I rebuilt it. And I said, okay, maybe I'll hold on to that one for a spare. Go outside, grab the other one. Go build that one completely. All new bushings, all new bearings, all new synchros. Everything is brand new, right? All new seals. Put the whole goddamn thing back together. I look down, and I see there's a little weepy mark, and it looks like a crack in the ear. And I hit it with a hammer, or just tap it with a hammer, and you can see the weep kind of growing. So it's cracked on one of the ears. Look around on the other side, I see another one. And I tap it, and it's cracked. There's two freaking cracked ears on this brand new transmission I just built. Like, you gotta be effing kidding me. I spent two nights rebuilding this transmission, getting it right, and getting all the parts together. And the case is cracked. Now the whole damn thing has to come apart again. Luckily, I wasn't dumb enough to put, you know, oil in it first. So that's how my week is going. Uh, I ordered some parts to uh, get it ready, like valve springs and all sorts of other winterization stuff. I got a leak down tester to check the engine out, and obviously it's fine because it's like less than 20 races on a crate motor. I never over-revved it, so what the hell is it going to show me? But it's good to know the health of the engine, and uh, we did all that, and I changed some spark plugs and did some exhaust stuff. I mean, I'm just tinkering around. Again, it's March 1st as of recording. We got another month and two weeks until the icebreaker when I'm going to go out there, so... I got time. I mean, I don't... Crack with me, bro. Fuck, it's all crack. It's fucking crack with me, bro. What the fuck? Crack. <laughs> uh, racing should be my crack, I guess. But, so I... Yeah, again, that's my personal update. I don't have much else going on. Again, it's the off-season, and I'm prepared by getting started early in the year. So, I'm not really thrashing. I'm just kind of tinkering. So, that's a lot less stressful, except for when your transmission you just built has two cracked ears. So, uh, I know Phil tore his car apart. So, how's that going? I'm just waiting on parts and money right now. Oh, aren't we all? Yeah. No, I, I ordered the hubs, ordered the rotors, uh, ordered all the nice bearings and everything, and just waiting on it to come in. So you took a whole bunch of weight off the car, too, I heard. Yeah, I cut a couple of uh, old brackets. We're limited now on what we can do with trailing arms, so... Uh, I cut some old brackets off. There was a secondary top link that was kind of zip-tied just out of the way, already mounted. Uh, I took that off the car. That was, I mean, probably didn't mean a whole lot because it's aluminum, but every little bit matters. Um, And then we're going to cut the X out of the car uh, Hmm. here shortly once I get it rolling again. And when, when we lost the drive shaft earlier in the year, it got beat up pretty good, and I'm just trying to see if there's any bind or, or preload in the chassis make sure everything's you know how it should be 
Yeah, it's probably a good idea. You're gonna jig it too, or you're gonna the the lift that we're gonna use to do it. Uh, he's got leveling posts uh, to put underneath the car once it's up to get a little bit of the shot. Shut up! That's a bad right. So shouldn't be apparently my. Apparently my cat's running around meowing really loud, which you can't catch on the microphone, and Jesse decided to break in with that one. <laughs> Sorry about that, Phil. Thanks, Jesse. But yeah, that's all I got. I don't know if Jesse has any updates. I have that, exciting news from the 81 team. Bring it on. The cart is up in the air. Oh it's my god. All four jack stands. <laughs> and, and the wheels are off. Holy shit. Whoa. That thing spent like a Whoa. year outside with the valves still tight. Like, we didn't take them off. It's just like, just race I'm ready. I'm embarrassed. I really am. I'm actually kind of embarrassed. I, I should be. Uh, eh. You should see the spider webs that are all in, like, all in the wheel <laughs> and the wheelhouse and, and, the, and the. They're just rust proofing it. And it's fine. Oh my God. It's fine. They're just protecting it. That's I hope all. so. I hope it does something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so embarrassed. Nah, it's oh. fine. Uh, we've been throwing around the idea of putting Jesse out on the track at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for that uh, Northeast Classic. Uh, I was going to run it last year, and I don't think my car's even legal for it this year with the new shock rule at Thompson that I kind of took advantage of because I think you have to have stock front shocks in order to run it. And I don't see anything where it says you can run relocated stuff with a weight penalty. So I'm like, mm, I don't know. Maybe we'll put Jesse out there. Screw it. You know, we'll find a tire sponsor and put him out there. And I got a motor for him, and I don't know what he's going to do for a rear, but I got one if he wants it, and etc. We'll see if the taxpayers want to pay for it. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. However hustle you got to do. Yeah, so. except uh, I typically keep my hustles clean, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Other than that, I have to rob a bank, so. That's fair. <laughs> the hell. That's racing. But in order to get my car up to competitive and whatnot. With all the rule changes and everything, I got to rob a bank practically to get everything going. Yeah, that's so. pretty fair. Usually, all right. I, I think that's a that's or probably it could be a field filler, but not interested. No, why would you want to be? No. We, it's like you 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 could be one of two people. You can go out there and have fun riding around, be like your golf game. I get to go drive fast and you know putts around and and just enjoy it, or you can be competitive, which is what a majority of the people try to be. And then you spend way too much money, and you get too involved in it, and then it consumes your entire life, and then yeah. you're in debt, and your wife leaves you for the milkman, and while you're tinkering under the race car, and you know dropping food all over yourself, the mailman. Pretty close. Yeah. I mean, that Phil doesn't have that problem. They just leave him before that even happens. So <laughs> they don't leave him. He he just gives him the sign that says, "Hey." Bitch, you ain't welcome here. I'll replace <laughs> you with somebody that looks just like you. There's plenty of them. Like this that. is Florida, bitch. That's it. <laughs> I'll go Phil to the beach. Tripod Jakes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's I don't know if that's credit or not, because I wouldn't know. Anyway, let's get off that. I borrowed my fire suit one time. I I wasn't looking, it was just in my face. <laughs> So, Phil, you're so terrible. modest. I don't That's what want, I love about you. I don't want to know. <sighs> oh, I'm good. I'm fine with nothing. Nothing. Anyway, 
So we came up with an idea since there's not a hell of a lot going on. I mean, is there any local racing we can talk about? We watched something from Florida for some super late model race, which nobody on here is going to really give a shit about because they're all New England fans. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could talk about is the, how slow the cleanup crew is, and I absolutely fucking hate watching it. Is Arca East, cons- East considered uh, local? You can bring I don't know. Uh, it used to be. I, I will I will say something from down here. Uh there's rumblings that uh New Smyrna Speedway is looking to build an SK light division using the rule book from Stafford. Also um, do you like that show that the uh New Jersey guys brought down? Because aren't they similar rules anyway? Yeah, they're, they're very pretty close. close. Maybe the, not tires, the only thing is track real. manager Rusty uh Rusty Marcus said explicitly that we will use the big tires on like what they used at uh speed weeks yeah because the jersey type sport mods or or newing or new new york style what are they sport mods or crate mods or whatever you call sportsman them sportsman mods Sports, yeah, yes like they're all basically the same thing they use an eight inch tire i think with the crate motor cars i think Ten that's inch. what richie runs on at riverhead i think he's got eight inch tires but yeah i think they're gonna go to a full sk what's the sk like 14 inch or Something like that, twelve inch. I can't remember how big the tires are. I don't know what the the full size tire is for the SK lights. They probably use the same what, what compound. What the actual measurements are? They run Hoosiers down there anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those... they were running the the F forty five, actually a ten inch tire for Speed Weeks, I believe. So. Oh. Huh. Well, we'll this figure time, it out. It, it doesn't look a whole lot different, but it looks different. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with what they put out. For, uh, if that actually comes to fruition, I'm uh, kind of surprised. It would be interesting to see if they did. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Southern Tracks would be that interested in uh, open-wheel mods like we have up here. So, Well, it's kind of the the modified thing is all the way down into the Carolinas at this point. So well, there's, yeah. there's guys down here that own them already. There's guys in Georgia that own them. And so it seems like it's kind of bleeding this way. Yeah, I mean, they did the Bowman Gray thing, and they still have those types of cars there. And I know some other tracks, like I think Caraway had them. I'm not sure. Some of the Caraway defunct, runs them. Some of the defunct tracks, like uh, where they ran the North South Shootout, Concord, I think. Concord. That, they might have yeah. run them there. I can't remember. So they do exist. So if they bring them down to Florida, I bet you they would. Yeah, you're right. It would bleed down to it. Well, and they have the Smart Tour and Southern Mod Tour and all that stuff down there, too. Do they have the Southern NASCAR tour still, or is it just all one thing now? It's all just one thing. There's, I guess the 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 group of people that was involved in the actual Wheel in Southern tour, from what I understand, and I may be completely off base with this, but from what I understand, they all just started a new tour. Hmm. Is that that and smart tour? Or? It may be the same tour. I don't really follow that too closely. I I. The only person I know that races there is Jeremy Gershner, uh, and I don't really talk to him a lot. I don't know him super, super well. So, Yeah, I figured. Uh, I hope it, uh, to be fair, I hope it doesn't really end up like this, like what we got up here with, like, five different tour mod series and, you know, <laughs> SK this, well, it, SK that. Just, you know, it's like there's too many. I yeah, think I this is the only division that Florida won't have 37 of. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll see. It's 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 going to be about the same amount of money as a crate model, but you don't have to put body panels on it. You see, yeah, you know? this is all going to be coming up, yeah. I think, you know. It's all going to intertwine, but, uh, you know, it's like 
people want to say about car counts and uh, modifieds. Their car counts, people are starting to notice there's a ton of modifieds up here. Oh, yeah. Regardless of division. Yeah. There's plenty of, uh, you know, crate mods. There's plenty of tour type mods. And there's plenty of SK mods. Mm-hmm. They're all over that, the place. Yeah. That whole 602 thing at Speed Weeks came together, I think it was three weeks before the show. And they had something like 25 cars. What's up? Yeah, I, I I forget how that came together, but I'm glad they, uh, I don't know. I was going to say something, and I totally forgot. So, <laughs> whatever. I I hope they bring something out. And, you know, if they can expand racing and they can get car accounts, good for them. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we had a, a uh, brain trust, if you can call it that. We had a, as much of a meeting as we could have. It was basically me sending out a message saying, hey, prepare some notes. <laughs> that's that's how we do it. Th- we're so we're so bad at this. Anyway, um, I, I posed a question to my other co-hosts where I said uh, we should have a segment where we discuss, because there's not a lot going on except for national racing, why don't we air our grievances or, or concerns? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one thing that you would change about short track racing? And I asked you two the same question. We came up with some good responses, and I think we should discuss that publicly at this point because we've already started bleeding into that with my topic uh we were talking about sks and i said you know honestly today with the state of racing the way it is i really think that we just have too many racing divisions overall and uh like i was kind of talking about up here look how many modified divisions in and itself we have that are based solely on sks alone we have sk lights and they race you know three tracks in Connecticut. They race as like a sportsman type mod. They run a different type of crate mod up in New Hampshire where they run a 604 crate instead, which is kind of equivalent. And then you got the regular SK mod, which is a small block modified that, you know, Stafford lays claim to. And that's the division one at uh, at least three of the Connecticut tracks. Uh, And then you got the tour mods that run everywhere. I mean, they have tour mods up in the Nor- New York area that run, you know, Western New York and Pennsylvania yep. and stuff. And then they've got the NASCAR Modified Tour and the Modified Racing Series and the VMRS. And they've got, you know, now they've got all these independent open modified shows that Stafford and Thompson are going to be running because they're no longer NASCAR sanctioned. And there's that, that's just one division. You've got a plethora of modified divisions now. And then you trickle down and you've got late models that are different at stafford and you know the act and uh, late model diet late model, yeah, crate models and then limited late models and then you've got street stocks and then you've got sportsmen and some are super different than, you know, it's super x and x cars Mini stocks x cars just keep we'll keep naming them off legends cars bandoleros and i mean just we can keep going there's so many divisions now in 99 we started racing how many divisions were at the speed bowl thompson stafford when we started racing stafford had i think i want to say about three or four divisions because was it right after the pro stocks got kicked out or was that right before they got kicked out 99 i can't remember when they got kicked out was it 98 they got kicked out i can't remember that was maybe even later um, was it 2000? I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't remember. I should know this, but, but I forgot. 
that's not a question on the quiz. So right, I okay. just I kind of just threw that one out there, but there was like four at Stafford. There was like four at Thompson, and there were four Sometimes at Waterford. Five. Yeah, Sometimes maybe five. if they brought the may, that was maybe if they brought the legends out because yeah. the legends was kind of a new thing. It was mostly in South. They were kind of trickling up north and pretty much everywhere else. But there was like four divisions, maybe five, and that was it. Now you go, let's just go to Waterford or Seekonk, okay? Because they got about the same thing. Seekonk is hilarious. They have like 10 divisions. They've got, let's see, they got Bandoleros, and there's like two different divisions of Bandoleros. And there's, uh, let's see, there's Legends cards. I'll be right back, There's... Uh, Sport Fours, there's Pure Stocks, so there's four, and those run on one night. Then you've got Street Stocks, Sport Trucks, Late Models, Pro Stocks. That's eight divisions at one racetrack, and that's just Seekonk. Go to Waterford. Legends Cars. Oh, they, did I mention Legends Cars at Seekonk? I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure you did, yeah. There's so many, I can't keep track of them. Waterford. You've got Bandoleros, Legends Cars, uh, X Cars, Super X Cars. I know I'm missing one. Then on Saturdays, I think you got Mini Stocks. They got the trucks now. Limited Sportsman, Late Models, Modifieds. That's SKs and SK Lights. (laughs) So there's 10 divisions at Waterford. 10. We're not even counting carts which we could go to Stafford and count because they do carts on Monday nights. I don't even know all the classes of carts. Don't even ask me. That was way too long ago. I think there's like five divisions of carts. There's so many divisions of carts. It's not even funny. But that's its own deal. Carting is its own deal. We can't count carts, okay? We we cannot add carts into it. I like their Monday night Plus the mini modified. Those things are kind of neat. They don't have a lot of them, but they are neat. kind of neat, but they sound like a John Deere tractor with the muffler blown off it. Yeah. Now, Stafford ditched the Legends cars, I think, for the last couple of years, uh, even though they have a pretty neat little track to run on. But uh, you can't argue with car counts. So Yeah, um, I think that track's too abusive to the cars, too. Yeah, they beat the piss out of them because they're so tight they wreck pretty often. But they run on the same size track at Atlanta and Charlotte, and they do some uh, you know summer series down there that's really, really popular. But I don't know. Maybe it's I don't it's think it's track. the same size track. It's really close. It's not. It's a little bit smaller, I think, but it is. The, the ones close. on the front stretch in Atlanta and Charlotte are uh, think, quarter miles. Yeah. Okay. So it's a little bigger. Yeah. About yeah, twice I the think, size. I don't know what the one at uh, Stafford actually is. I doubt it. I really doubt it. Um, but Stafford is probably the lowest one around. They have, like they said, the carts. They got rid of the Legends cars. Uh, they have street stocks, whatever they call them now. Limited late model, late model, and SK light, SKs. So there's five divisions in one night. Again, I see a lot of people complaining about car counts for the last decade and a half, at least. And you think about it, and it's like, again, when we started racing, there was four divisions. And occasionally they had an enduro. Now, the enduro was great because you didn't have to have any money. You didn't have to be anybody. You just had to have a car and a means to get it there, and you could go race. And that's what a lot of guys did, and that's how a lot of guys cut their teeth. When they did that, they got a ton of cars, a ton of cars. And they didn't hold them every week. They held them once, twice a year, and they let them guys come and tear their ass off. But 
then they only had the four divisions. Then they're like, okay, well, why don't we open it up to people with even less budget if they can't afford a mini stock? Which back then, a mini stock is like, Jesus, a third of the price is one now. Um, so, again, they opened it up, and it's more streetcar oriented, but like you look at the eight cylinder divisions and the rules for them, they just completely. Oh, we could get a whole episode in on how they fucked the rules up for the eight cylinder like Wednesday or Friday night at Seaconk divisions. I don't think Seaconk really screwed their rules up, honestly. I think theirs are fine, but Waterford really screwed theirs up. Um, but there's so many divisions. I mean, yeah, you could point to the financial collapse in 08 and beyond for draining a lot of people out. Because I started racing Wednesday nights at Waterford. You know, they have a million divisions, but they also had a million cars on Wednesday night. There were 30 cars in the X-Car feature and the Super X-Car feature. There's a ton in the uh, Legends cars features. And that was in 03. And then, you know, get to 08 and everything freaking tanks and nobody has a car no more. And I don't know if it's ever really rebounded that well. But you're kind of not giving people a lot of opportunities. To, again, we could go through an entire goddamn episode talking about how racing is too expensive or the rules could do this or we could do that to fix... Again, we could spend all day talking about this, but I think there's just too many options. You know, maybe we could adjust the rules so that, like, I don't know, like a mini stock division could race as more of a stock vehicle. You know what I mean? Because they're, I mean, you look at the minis around here, and if you're not spending 10 grand on a four cylinder engine, you're not going anywhere. And then you look at the rule books for half of these things, and they have people saying, oh, well, you, you can run fuel injection, but you have to run all these different stupid idiot rules, and you can't touch the computer, and you can't do this or that. And it's like, why? Why can't you just tune it yeah. on a computer? You can you can change timing with a distributor and you can change jet with a carburetor. Why can't you change timing and jet with a you know a, a fuel injector and a computer and change timing with a computer? What's the difference? You're there's you're only going to get as much power as a camshaft and intake, a com, a, the amount of compression and whatever the tune-up is. You know what I mean? You you put a fuel injector in a fuel-injected car that's way too big. It's going to overfuel it, and you're not going to gain as much power. That's <laughs> not going to work. You know, While so. Jesse's not here, I could fix the modified problem with all the, the extra divisions there. Mm. Get rid of the SK lights. Take the SKs, let them run spec shocks on the SKs, let the SK light guys run a 602 with a four barrel or a 604 with a two Hold barrel just and a weight penalty. And then take the tour mods and put a CT525 in them. You save money. You keep car counts. I mean, you can't do it all at once, but then you only have two divisions of modifieds. Right. I mean... And you can still call it SK mods because they would still run weekly at tracks, but, like, you don't need two divisions of modifieds. The, the SK lights, you take them to Thompson for the World Series, put them with the SKs with a four-barrel... They're really not that far off. I mean, the NHS TRA runs a 604 with a four-barrel, don't they? Uh, I think it's actually a 604 with a two-barrel. Hmm. We'll I'd have them. to look at the rules. but Run them with a four-barrel. <laughs> you can't tell. I We went up to, you and I went up to Manadnock that night, and they ran them there, and it, it just, it looks like an SK. Yeah. And that's all the, that's one thing that nobody stops and thinks of. To the fans, it just looks like an SK. 
Is it loud? They don't know visually the difference between an SK, SK light, or anything, so it doesn't matter. Is it loud and does it go fast? Exactly. Yes. Then it's a race car. Racing. Yep. <laughs> Good enough. That's all they want. I think and they've just gotten away with it for too long and they've overcomplicated too much stuff. And then we look at the Arca series. Let's just kind of have an aside about the Arca East series. Yeah, they why just, are there three damn divisions of Arca? They ran literally a 200-lap race at Pensacola this past weekend. There was 10 freaking cars. There's 10. There's 10 cars. 13 entered. Oh, thir- yeah, but there was 10 when I was watching, and it was like 50 laps in. It was like a, it was like a, a limited late mile feature. It pretty much was. <laughs> it was a limited late model feature. They got strung out. They have spec bodies, and they're boring. So, I mean, we could fix the Arca series easy. I mean, they did a good job with the bodies. They could use hand-me-down chassis from Xfinity and Cup Series like they've always done. Why don't they run the CT525 crate motor with a four-barrel on it? I agree with that. That's cheap. It's also, eight thousand bucks for an engine, and you don't even have to take it apart all year. It's not gonna. It's not gonna mean uh, car uh, car costs aren't gonna mean a pee hole in the snow if you're never gonna pay anybody to show up to these things. That's the other point that we should make. Yeah. Guys don't race Arca anymore because they don't pay enough to finish. Guys are running super late models, and that's flourishing because they pay good money. Yeah, you they know? have big money races. Yeah, they pay big money. You go race an ARCA race for 200 laps, what do you get for a purse? 3500 bucks to win? That's embarrassing. Yeah. It is. That sucks. Oh, ridiculous. And you go run that long of a race, you go run like the Rattler, or you go run like the Snowball, what do you get to win? Thirty-five grand, fifty grand, something like that? It's a huge amount of money. Yeah. Why would you do it? Why do you think Bubba Pollard doesn't race ARCA? There's no money in it. Ty Majeski doesn't race it. Well, he doesn't race with his money, at least. (laughs) But he does it for exposure. That's the only reason he does it. These guys don't race super... Look at at Noah Gregson. He didn't race ARCA. Or at least he didn't race that much of it. Noah Gregson raced ARCA. He he did, but he did it for exposure like Ty Majeski was doing. He didn't do it for any other reason. He did it because he wanted to get connections with supposed cup teams or developmental he, teams he already had he just needed some experience in the big cars he already had exposure that's he pretty much had connections before then because he's from uh he's from kurt and kyle bush country well that's the only thing they really use it for so. is they use it for experience why don't yeah. they just dump the damn division or fix it which they won't do and or just make it like here take this car and go practice it for a license because well, obviously part i don't of me <laughs> Part of me wants to see NASCAR buy up like the Southern Super Series and turn that into the next thing. No, just, don't ruin just to it. Get, well, hold on. Just They'll to get super it. late models on TV <laughs> and on a public stage, like more visible to to everyday people. But then I know what NASCAR would do to it. They'll ruin it like they've ruined everything else. They can't yep. even keep Stafford for fuck's sakes. It, it's, it's fucking <laughs> sad that <laughs> super late models are not <laughs> I mean, a God. mainstay on TV. It's a shame they used to be. Well, what were the super lay models in the Midwest called? I believe they were called ASA. Remember back in the day, ASA the super lay models were. ASA yeah. was the was, shit. Was, that, was the Southwest Tour like the Bush North? Southwest Tour was like ASA. 
Southeast okay, so to that have was super late no Southwest tour was like our was like K and N or Bush North or Bush East or whatever it is. Yeah, but, but they it was, used to it was have. The, oh no, Winston West. I'm sorry, that was what it was. Yeah, yeah that's because, what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah West Southwest tour and ASA used to run. Uh, Didn't Arca own the Southwest tour? Uh, something like I'm, I'm not sure who exactly owned it, but they used to run a, a really big race out in the Midwest and everything right at the end of the year, and then and the ASA guys versus the Southwest tour, and. And, uh, and they would come together because the rules were Oops. very similar. I believe they used to race that in Milwaukee. It says the SRL owns Southwest Tour yeah, right now. So. Spears Southwest Tour. What, does it still exist? Yeah, I got a website here. Damn. Spears Southwest Tour. Used to, that's that sponsor that used to be on the 75 truck. I can't remember his name. You know the blue and white truck back in the day? Well, the hell was his name? Kevin Harvick. No, before that. After David that, Star? David Starr used to Yeah, he used that. to run that truck, I think, yeah. After Kevin Harvick. After or before? I believe after. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was after. I think Harvick had the family car with Spears sponsored, and then he moved into the truck series. Yeah, SRL Southwest Tour. They run, uh... Jeez, all right. What's their schedule look like? Those cars look... So... Super late models are fucking cool. I don't care. I know this is modified country, but guess what? It's fucking cool. Ooh, they race at Kern County. That's a sick racetrack. You ever see Kern County? That re- yeah. That replaced, um, what was the track? Mesa that- Marin. Yeah, Mesa Marin was a sick track, too. But they yeah. bulldozed it, but they brought Kern County in. And Kern County is a pretty sick racetrack. That's a beautiful place. I wish they would. Kern County and Jucasa are the two tracks that I wish NASCAR would bring the truck series to. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they should because they're big enough. They're new enough, <laughs> and yeah, I don't. They're both fairly new facilities. I think they both seat over thirty thousand people. I That's think so. More than enough for a truck race. They don't really give a shit about seating anyway. It's all in TV rights. <laughs> Who cares? Right, but I mean, still, they're gonna draw a crowd. They they don't want to wow. be turning people. And they away. also have to pay in American dollars, though, which is also a little bit funky as well. Oh yeah, Canada. Because oh, Canada is kind of oh broke. <laughs> so. Oh, they race at uh, Stockton, uh, All-American, so Irwindale, um, Kern County, like I said. There's a timer going off in my kitchen. The oven's probably preheated. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what the hell's going in the oven? Chicken fingers and tater tots. I'm cooking your son some food. Oh, sick. I figured the wife would have done that. No, dropped yes. the ball completely. Oh, she forgot she, to feed She left child. and left her child hungry while I was doing the podcast. Man, Brent's sleeping on the couch tonight. Hey, I didn't leave. I'm home. She left with a hungry child. Sorry, producer, but you did. Great, we're calling DCF. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what Uncle Jesse's here for, to pick up my slack. Okay, so anyway, we we're on. Uh, I got off on a tangent looking at the Southwest Tour because I was like, "Ooh, race cars! They look cool." <laughs> anyway, you, you were saying the super late models look good. You should see the new body, the five star body, up close. Oh, is it sweet? It's awesome. Have you seen the uh, supposed competitor to it by AR? They look no, I haven't. They look fucking horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I like shocked. AR. AR only did one body right. I like AR bodies. They're nice Christian folks, but their next-gen super late model body's fucking hideous. <laughs> they took an ABC body and basically put new fenders and nose on it and left the rest, and it just it looks terrible. Like, go look it up the next time you see it, but they're, you know what we they're need? terrible looking. We need a... We need... 
a way to put the board up onto the camera so that I could show, especially, <laughs> you know, something horrible. Well, you got a little bit of video there. I got some view here. <laughs> well, I, I'd have bit. to grab the camera. And no, we'll, 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 we'll figure this YouTube thing out someday. Yeah, let's not touch the camera. We'll be down for another 40 minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, the computer will totally shit on me. Uh, anyway, so, again, there's a lot we could do with rules and smoothing things out and consolidation and really just we have too many choices. It's like, oh, I'm going to put my kids in bandoleros. Then I'm going to put them in uh, a, legend, a car. legend car. And then I'm going to put them in a mini full stock. Fender, it's like, nope, you're not going to do that. You're going to put model. it in a fucking late model or super late model. They're not going to well, do the steps to, to get up there. They're going to go one, two, and then straight up through the roof. You I'll know? extend one last thing off of what you're, what you're talking about, too. Divisions that should just be a touring division. Or divisions that shouldn't be a touring division. Street stocks and mini stocks should not be a touring division. I'm no. sorry, Bob. Keep them at their local tracks. Trucks. What they absolutely. need. What they need to do with streets and mini stocks. Just have everybody have the same rules. Then you don't need a tour. Yeah. Then anybody can go freaking race anywhere they goddamn well want. And take take that money that you're spending on having this tour, and put on one single big race. Or two. Yeah, put on a big championship-style race. Let's you... get a $5,000-to-win mini-stock race or a street-stock race. I was just talking to Phil about this earlier. I looked at the schedule for the Connecticut tracks and basically the surrounding area where we are, basically, you know, Southern Mass, which is Seekonk, Connecticut, wherever we can drive within two hours. There's two races on the schedule right now that have a $1,000-to-win street-stock race. That's it. It's a thousand bucks to win. Phil's in Florida, and there's a dirt track down there that has a pure. What's a pure stock race? I'll be right back. Pure stocks or thunder stocks? Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be paying how much? Ten thousand dollars to win for a hundred laps. That's oh. basically a super X car on dirt, isn't it? It's it, it really is the. It's very very primitive car compared to what you know what we raced up there. Five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a it's a pure stock or a, a super X car on dirt that you can win ten grand. Yeah, it's a metric car with stock floors, uh, stock body panels for the most part. Still has stock firewall. You got a nine inch in the back and a crate motor. Yeah, the nine inch is probably a bolt in axle type where you, so it's it's basically there for uh, rigidity's sake, so you don't keep spending money on broken parts. Because yep. how are you exactly. gonna trust a GM seven and a half inch rear with twenty six splines? On a dirt track, it'll snap the freaking uh, C clips out within two laps. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> no, bolt in axles all day on a on a dirt track. I, I know it's a little expensive. We're getting into a little deep here, but it's way way better. You don't want to do that shit. So anyway, again, I think we could just consolidate. We could do. A, there's a lot we could do, but the problem, a big problem, is that the tracks just don't work together. That's the issue. Yeah. And, Phil, you said tracks need to stop uh, working against each If you could change one thing, tracks need to work together more. Not yeah. only on scheduling, but on rules as well. Yep, absolutely. I just... The, it, and I, I see it more down here than up there, but it's still prevalent up there as well. I see a lot of Where's divisions... For example, that are the same type of car, like a street stock, pure stock type of car, 
but the rules are just far enough apart from track to track that if track A rains out, you can't fly down the road to track B. Yeah. And not only does that hurt the fans, but it hurts the racers. And, and then nobody really wants to have a car that you can just race at one track. That's why I chose the sportsman division down here. You can race that car at any track in the state of Florida. Yeah, you, you remember, you were up here for this. Not that long ago, the three tracks in Connecticut, four tracks if you count Seekonk, every single street stock division was different by a little bit. The Waterford, the Waterford sportsmen had rules very similar to Thompson, but they could only run a dished piston with 9.31 to max. They yep. had a Hoosier 790 tire, and I don't remember much else other than that. Uh, I know that those were the two major details because they just could not keep up. Waterford, you couldn't run the aftermarket dart heads either. Right, stock heads and all that fun yep. shit. Because I remember when I was building my motor... Uh, we kind of came to that crossroads before I had my crate motor. Um, yeah. And I finally just looked at Andy and I told him, I was like, just build a Thompson motor and if they throw me out, they throw me out. Yeah, basically. But I never, unfortunately, never got down to Waterford to race with that motor, so. Not, yeah. You're not missing much other than bending, bending the clip back straight and bending right. sheet metal back out. But no, um, uh, and then you go to Thompson. Thompson, you were allowed flat top pistons. Mm-hmm. and aftermarket stock-style heads, so you're allowed the uh, world products or the dart heads. Yes. Uh, like I said, 9.5 to 1, and you had a different tire. You had American Racer tires instead of the Hoosier 790s, like at Waterford. And, and then, the offset wheel on the wheel was policed differently. I think a little bit, yeah, a little differently. It was a little different. It was There were all sorts of weird little different rules. Yep. And hell, for a time, you didn't even run mufflers at Thompson. So uh, then you go to Stafford. And the rules at Stafford were, at the time, we're talking a few years ago, uh, 305 engines, automatic transmissions, like turbo 350s. I don't even think you were allowed a power glide. Um, I think it was turbo 350. I think it was stock style yeah. training. Uh, 305, but I don't remember what they had. They were like 11 to 1 compression or something with a with a two barrel or whatever the hell it was and a, a restrictor plate and headers and like everything completely different and you ran on like a hoosier something their other 700 or whatever the fuck tire they ran back then i can't even remember yeah they ran an 800 they ran a 700 that engine was like a 1985 refugee from the street stocks back then it's late models <laughs> well, yeah late models and then again different we different track widths different all just all sorts of shit with uh, again different rules Roof heights. Yeah, everything heights. was different. Just dumb shit. Then you go to Seekonk, and you're allowed a 350, but it's got, like, big power, like 10.5 to 1, big cam, headers, locked rears. Again, they're not, they don't allow locked rears in the three Connecticut tracks, but you can go to Seekonk and run one there. Nine-inch rears, all sorts of shit. So the four tracks within, let's say, an hour to an hour and a half of each other, at all different rules for one division. Like, how the fuck does... The, how do you, you know... How do you get any car counts that are... I mean, obviously, what they're trying to do is just be exclusive and keep yeah. and basically pigeonhole drivers to staying at their track. But in today's economy and in today's, like, uh, environment for racing, 
you can't do that. You gotta base. You gotta give people a return on their investment. We've said it plenty of times before. It's not 1975 anymore. We don't have 500 cars floating around. Yeah, and 500 cars for two divisions. Yeah, <laughs> modifieds and bombers or whatever. Right. You know, you didn't just pluck a car out of the of the junkyard and put some water pipe in for a roll cage and gut it and put an Oldsmobile motor in it or whatever the fuck you did. <laughs> you just it's in truck tires or something. You're again. You gotta. You got to work together on the rules, make the cars a lot They're more. They're all in it together now. It's a different ball game now. Yeah, the economy and the and the, the world has changed. Racing is really spiraling. You got to make it so that racers have opportunity. Giving them opportunity is having similar or si- or the same rule package everywhere, so that they can run where they want. And if they have opportunity to race, they'll race wherever they can you know so they you got to give them the opportunity because they'll take it yeah absolutely like when i was racing that 57 from mike Barr at stafford towards the end of 2017 we had talked about we had a race on friday and then thompson was having a race on sunday we had talked about going to try and do it but we started looking at the car and we're like this is pointless. We got to change everything, but we would have absolutely done that. And it probably would have kept me in the seat of that car for the following year as well. What kind of motor was it? Was it to have a crate motor in it, but an automatic had a crate motor, but it had an automatic in it. Yeah. You know, and I couldn't find it had the provisions to put a clutch pedal in the car, but I couldn't find a clutch pedal quick enough and I couldn't uh, find a transmission to borrow. Yeah, that's another tough deal, especially back then when you didn't have like the gear ratio rules like we do now, and you'd have yeah. to find the right transmission. Like Stafford, here's the fun thing about Stafford, kiddies. If you're going to run the street stock division, you're allowed one transmission. Good luck finding it. You're allowed to run a GM three-speed, 150 second gear. That's it. You're that, not allowed that to... That is the dumbest rule. It is the dumbest rule, and I'll tell you why. I know this is kind of an aside. But you have a chip rule. If there's a chip rule and a max gear rule in the rear end, like a rear gear rule, why do I have to run whatever transmission you tell me to run? Why can't I just run whatever transmission? Like if it's a Saginaw or a Muncie that's, let's say, just limit it to cast iron transmissions only, three and four speeds, Saginaw and Muncie, and that's it. No Who cares r- how you get to the chip? Who cares how you get to the chip? The, the chip rule is going to stop I, you. I don't want to say anything bad about Stafford because I love them guys. They were always good to me when I was there. No, they're fantastic. And it was a fun, and we great love place to be. But I'm just trying to I, help. I think that transmission gear rule, because remember, that's it's fairly new that they're running manuals there. I think that had something to do with Magnus. Yeah, but they're not even there anymore. They were at the time. That was, I believe, that was the the limbo time when, between when he came back and then now is back down there. Well, uh, I hate to admit it, but I was not running a one five zero when I ran there. <laughs> I had my four fifty six rear, which was the max rear end rule, and I just ran whatever the hell transmission I had. The hell do I Doesn't care? Matter. I'm in third gear. What's it matter? <laughs> I couldn't shift anyway. I was in traffic the whole time, you know. And the how are they the going to test the transmission either? What's that? 
I said, how are they going to test the transmission? Are they going to put it in gear and count the revolutions? Probably. I had my 157 Muncie in it anyway. You're going to get 1.5 out of it when you rotate exactly. it anyway. What the fuck that is, is the my exact point. And if I had my 147 four-speed, how are you going to test that too? Obviously, you look at the side, you see three you know, dogs on the side. You're going to notice it's a four-speed. But, I mean, <laughs> again, you're going to get about 1.5 revolutions out of it. What the hell's the difference? Again, this is this isn't me saying, "Oh, you guys are idiots." This is me saying, "Hey, here's some constructive criticism." No other racetrack tells you that you can do this. Like no other racetrack pigeonholes their racers into spending big money. Try to find a 150 transmission. You can't. You have to find a 3-speed, buy all the guts to it online, and then build your own with all brand new parts. And that sucks let me tell you that's a lot of goddamn money if you don't know what you're doing like well, guys are spending Kelsey a, Rotino. yeah if, if you're kelso or me you can build your own <laughs> transmission um but that shit sucks like it just sucks i hate it um again if you don't it, it doesn't if you have a chip rule if you have a rear gear rule it doesn't matter how you get there it's yeah my door doesn't shut apparently it doesn't matter how you get there because it's gonna stop you Trust yeah. me, if you hit the chip, that thing falls on its face. Stop living in the past. I lay all over the chip at the top end of the straightaways at New Smyrna, and it, you can feel the car. The thing just noses over, right? Yeah, it's like you hit a parachute. Yeah, it stopped accelerating. You're not going anymore. <laughs> Do you have uh, yeah. the new crate? Mine, yes. Bottle cap crate? Yeah. Oh, you're fine then. The old-style crate had the link chain in the front, and I blew that thing out in eight races because I was on the chip the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have an aggressive chip with an aftermarket box. It's just one of the soft-touch, so it just goes ba ba ba. Yeah, that's what mine but... does. I mean, whatever. Anyway, so with scheduling, what have you noticed about scheduling over the last few years with local tracks and how much they just step on each other as well? My biggest complaint is is literally every freaking track down here right now, last year, was just stepping all over each other. And it was, I guess, part of the pandemic bullshit. But, I mean, you got to work together. Communicate. Hey, we got a 10,000 to win super late model race. Why don't you schedule yours for the week after and we'll come help you or we'll bring some track trucks or something like that. Like, work together. Don't step on the other guy and suddenly you have two super late model races. You're making all the fans choose. And you got big names at one. Maybe you got Nassie at one. You got Pollard at the other. What are you going to do? Yeah, you're you know? going to get half the drivers. You're going to get, get half the fans. And then you're going to have to pay the purse. Like, yeah. why don't you just, like, schedule one and then, like, work together. And then maybe that person will work with you to schedule the next one. Then you can share yeah. the fans, you can share the drivers, and you can pay the purses. Doesn't make well, a lot of sense. They're not running any different cars down in Florida. They're running the same goddamn divisions everywhere you go. So yeah. it's like, what are you going to well, do? Except they're modifieds here, but we won't talk about those abominations. Yeah, the Florida mods are just, they're just pass mods with bigger motors. Yeah, RO7s and SB2s. Why would you make those guys buy a freaking, like, old used cup motor to put in those they things. don't make them there's like no engine rolls oh, 
by doing that, you're essentially making them because when one guy yeah. does it, everybody's going to have to do it to keep up with them. Yeah, but it's kind of great in a way because they have a very skinny tire, and so it's all about trying to get that amount of horsepower into they're, a very they're small They're on the same tire box. I am. Well, here's the thing. Once you get out of the corner, you can just floor it. It'll go. And you just motor right on by, people. It, it'll hook I mean, up down the straightaway. They, yeah. they, no, they don't hook up very well down the straightaway. So, I mean, you still got a narrow <laughs> contact patch. Well I will here, be so. fair. I, okay, I'll be fair. I did borrow an SK engine once and put it in my Sportsman and raced at Waterford once. <laughs> uh, my dad, I came in from practice. My dad was laughing his ass off at me because I would come out of turn two and I would mat the thing and it would smoke both the rear tire, open leg or two, but it would smoke both rear tires all the way down the, f- the back stretch and the car would be sideways the whole time and then I would go into three and the thing would finally calm down. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't great. I can't hook it up. <laughs> you know, one series I did notice uh, last year when when all that crazy scheduling shit was going on up there was uh, the Tri Track series. Mm. They rescheduled a couple races that were going to conflict with other bigger races, including the Mod Tour. Well, they actually have promoters that know what they want. They want big drivers and they want big crowds. And they're like, right. okay, well, if you guys had this in place, we'll work around it. That's cool. And they just did it, and they got over it. It's it's the problem is is a lot of people have an ego, and they're trying to just step on people. Like, no, our race is better. You know, that's, we're going to get the people a big in. Part of it. It's either that or they're absolutely putting in no effort whatsoever. It it and, could be and, a, and one just or the running other. everything on automatic based on uh, certain holiday weekends or state weekends. Uh, the usual big time when whenever you usually put on a big show yeah. you know like the week after the week before sale fest or something the speedball always has a big show yeah they would always put a big show on and then the week of sale or the weekend of sale fest at new london they would they, they, they would, would just take that week off yeah, yeah they're like so, nobody's right. gonna come just screw it so you know there's there's sometimes that people run they, they run out just basically on autopilot so yeah it's it's a lack of awareness is what you're saying I see, you know, I think we've been doing pretty well with that up north. Uh, I haven't noticed a lot of conflicts happening lately. I used well, to see it a lot Waterford more. Waterford and Thompson used to have a really good communication between the two tracks. I know that yeah. for certain. Right now they are, yeah. with, especially with rules, because they rules. have the same tech staff. And I know that, that with that they're going to also run the same uh, type of deal with scheduling as well so they're not going to step on each other for that too yeah, they do so. a really good job uh, all three tracks really i mean stafford doesn't for it and- have anything really you know that steps on anybody anyway you look at their open modified stuff i don't think that really runs up against anything if i look at the schedule again i might be wrong but i thought i saw that it doesn't really step on anybody but um they've been they're very observant you know they, they pay attention I, th- I thought Stafford's open stuff was on Fridays again this year. It could be, uh, depending on capacity restrictions, I guess. Again, but I mean that's. I think they did it the way they did last year, just to squeeze everything in or as much as they could in. Yeah, I know that last year they did a lot of uh, strange stuff because of the restriction issues. They would put uh, a show, the regular show, out on Friday, and then they might bump the 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 uh, other show to Saturday. Uh, for like the big tour stuff and that might step on waterford if they were running 
Waterford didn't run. I don't think they ran a heck of a lot last year anyway. Uh, I don't remember them. I think they only ran like seven shows, maybe? Maybe. I mean, I know that they were kind of MIA for a while, and uh, it was kind of weird. I don't think I've even been there since they put all the new stuff up yet. So I was impressed with how well the show was run. The, the night I went, a couple nights before I left to come down here, and mm. for it being the first show back, yeah. it was rather impressive to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, again, up here I don't think there's a, a heck of a lot going on. But I know, like I said, it, the tech between the tracks is uh, – it's very strong. Uh, I know Stafford did a few concessions to uh, keep pace, I would say, with our old rules. And then St- Thompson and Waterford kind of went, again, a little bit off to the side, and now Stafford's on their own island again. But we kind of align with their limited late models more now than anything else. But yeah. what we see going on now uh, that's kind of troubling to some racers is Jesse's topic, which is, uh, gradual phase out of the option for open motors and that's problematic in a lot of different ways um because i think jesse why don't you i'll give jesse the floor here instead of speaking no, of go his, ahead. keep going you had a thought so let's ride just, this train to the end of the thought station i just didn't want to step on your that's you know, okay go okay. ahead uh, well it's it's a reduction of choice and I think that there's a lot of really smart racers out there that can do a lot with a little, especially with an open motor. Like, there are plenty of people, I'll say myself included, who they, they don't need somebody else to put together a motor for them. They don't need them. Just do the machine work and hand me the parts, yeah, and I can, can do it myself, you, and I can save a few thousand bucks by you know doing it myself. If you do a lot of research, a little dyno testing, you have a proper, uh, you know, like everybody else is doing everything of mathematics and everything you can figure out how to get your correct uh compression based on you know your bore size your stroke size uh how how many cc's are in the heads and then from there on out you can figure out which push rods lengths to order you can Uh, can figure out how long a cam duration is you can figure out which which setting you know on dyno for for cam advance and retard uh time in advance of retard uh everything else like that you could yeah. there's a, a lot of different ways that you can do it and, not, and not even have to pay for labor in order to have a machine shop build it uh there are there are a few and, and a lot of it t- it takes away a lot of the fun for that number one number two uh you're telling everybody in, everybody that knows the engine builders and everything you're telling them that you don't want their money there yeah which is not a viable option that's telling people no to come to a racetrack is not acceptable. Racing is supposed to be a family environment, and by excluding people, you're telling them you don't want them there. That's not very family-like now, is it? Right. I, I also hate that phrase. It's a family <laughs> sport because it, it, it's like, yeah, racing is the family. NASCAR is the family sport that really loves to dig up the old outlaw past the moonshine and all that good stuff every turn they get. So... And then a, be woke as possible now. Yeah, so, so I'm like, oh, well, sure, you're family. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's family running from the feds. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, yeah, a lot of families did that. <laughs> yeah. Then that's all right, then. <laughs> hey, whatever. You know, but no, it's, again, you're excluding people from having more choice. And the only reason for it 
is because you don't want to... The only reason I can think of is you don't want to do the tech. They're too lazy to do the tech. The or... tech men aren't even the guys pulling the engine apart. All they have to do is look at it. Yeah. I What, do they just not want to stand around for an hour while I pull a head off? It's easy, yeah, it's either that <laughs> or... You know, you're putting lim- limits on some competitors and not on some other competitors. Right. Like, I went to tech. I got popped for having an illegal motor. Guys with crate motors, they shined a flashlight at it and told them, you're good. Bye. Like, pull that fucker apart. I want those things drilled out and pull that head off. I don't give a shit. Pump it. I think we're about at the time where the technology available to us is to to do what they're doing to like cylinder heads and stuff on the built motors has gotten so expensive why don't we go back to kind of the grassroots now with the ls motors sitting in junkyards the 5.3s let guys go to the junkyards limit them on what you can do you know yeah, yeah you, you can them on let throttle them body and injector out of those the you parts can, are going to be cheaper yeah. you can put a carburetor on an ls yeah. motor you can put a carburetor on it. You can make it a certain throttle body size. I would just make them run a carburetor. You know, and limit the injector size, and then and then you're pretty much dead anyway. All you so, have to they sell a MSD style ignition box that you can just run the ignition coils off of, yeah. and you can run a carburetor. Yeah. Here, here's a different idea: have the the engine builders go to these junkyards, buy up these 5.3s, refresh them, race ready, sell them to the as an option to the crate motor. Make it the same price. It's. I mean, when you have all the, yeah. when you have all the cars, the same. If you have everybody runs the same race car, it's never going to be a good division. You're never going to do it. I mean, look at the IROC series. No one gave a shit. I mean, you know, for the last five, ten years that 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 uh, racing series was all about. Yeah. No one cared. It, 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 it was because it was boring. Yeah, people grew out of it. Because everybody had the same exact race car. And once you have the same exact race car, it's going to be good for one guy, not good for another guy. And, and pretty much everything is going to be known. There's a lot of smart people. Everything tuning-wise is going to be known. And you're just going to have follow the leader. That's that's just my prediction. I kind of I mean, like the... The haves are still going to outrun the have-nots. I mean, look what happened to the to the street stock division. It was dominated by two drivers that had the halves. Mm-hmm. You had Fuller and you had Robinson, and they were both and they and they both were the halves. They yep. had a lot of experience and a lot of you know good talent, and they had a lot of good people behind them with with a good deep pockets and all the tires they could have. Absolutely. So the halves were still were still out front. Yeah. You know, and never mind, you know, the same thing happened at Thompson, the same thing happened is gonna happen at Waterford too. I know at Waterford. So I know it, that the only reason it didn't they open really anything up. It did not open anything up. I know that the only reason that they really um and we're speaking mostly of like street stock style divisions, if nobody could tell. But these are the the grassroots guys. These are the people that you pay to watch. I mean, these are the and people who are blue collar workers who come to watch. Forget about it. But yeah, I mean, just... let me just tell you about the late mile division because they're, everybody is so close and so even now, and everything is there that they all have to run each other over in order to even get a spot. And it's all you're doing is tearing up race cars. Yeah, they're really good on shorter tracks, but on big tracks, they're. Yeah. The, the crate motor stuff with the late models, they're, they, they're real, real hard watch. Like, they're they're kind of taxi cabs. And I like the, you know, the reason why they had all this stuff where these, these lower divisions go to crate motors, like what we're doing, 
especially a street stock sportsman style division or even a limited late model style division, a lot of it had to do with cost of engines, even with a reduction in the rules package. Like they don't have big lift cams. They don't have huge cylinder heads and you can't do anything to them. You're not allowed to port or polish or anything, but guys are still spending upwards of $12,000 for a street stock engine. Which is ridiculous because we had we had different engine builders that were that were charging a lot less. If if the market was allowed to catch up to it, hmm. you could actually just level off and and have a nice free market to it. I think and that because we didn't have to pay nearly that much. Are you kidding me? You're limited on the carburetor and the exhaust, and and those two things alone. are it was especially with the the log with the manifolds. Mm-hmm. The engine can't breathe. If it's all choked up, it's not going to be able to breathe. So you're really limited on the amount of horsepower, anyway. Yeah, they these divisions we're speaking of, they don't ran, they didn't run headers, especially with built motors. They only ran a log style stock manifold, and right. restriction of air in and out. I mean, there isn't a lot you can do to an engine when it has a very uh, strict rule package. Like they they restricted you to uh, piston and and rod weight ring thickness bore size valve um yeah this, angle uh and the stupid uh, cam roll cam, which is kind of yeah. dumb anyway the really we, low we lift cam anyway it was kind of stupid a 394 anyway, so. 10 lift cam is a street cam people just, i mean it's not even a race car cam okay and then you got nine and a half to one anyway, and just all that shit but how can you spend twelve and a half thousand dollars on an engine that makes 300 and 70 horsepower. Right, that's what I mean. The market would dictate. <laughs> Seriously? You know, it was going to be able to level up. There, yeah, there were some guys that were charging that much, but it was definitely the guys that weren't charging that much and getting away with it and winning races. So, But that leads me to my my real problem. I'm just blaming those guys. My problem. <laughs> remember, remember way back when um, it, in, in technology and everything, it, it, it was... Um, Kind of like an open open field, you know, and, and with too much technology in racing, it kind of gets a little bit boring. Um, you remember, like, um, it, it, it takes away the, um, what am I trying to say? It takes away the the firsthand, like, hands-on part of it. Now everybody has, now everybody can just buy it and tweak it to the little nth degree within the rules and everything. I can get a shock with this much bump and this much rebound. and Basically, and everything is of, so fine-tuned that the driver is just a piece so of meat now. so fine-tuned, even down to the street. The best, if you ever wanted to watch some real good racing, you got to look at Sid's view with, with uh, Brian McCarthy versus Jimmy, Jimmy the, the Animal. Animal Lloyd, yeah. 1986 at the Speed Bowl. These guys, if you haven't seen it, they're running old Chevelles with locked rear ends, probably a radial tire, if I remember. I thought they were the old, the, the old Firehawks or whatever the hell tire they were. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. yeah, on radial tires, locked rear ends. And back then, they, they, you didn't have all these spring rates. You had to run that you could use. You had to run stock springs and clever. And what and the that, clever guys did. That was the late model division, wasn't it? That was it? the late model division. Yeah, that was way back. And what, the, what they all had to do, because you couldn't get spring rates... What you had to do was take a blowtorch and heat it up and compress it. And when you let it cool, you either let it cool open and made it softer or heat it up with a blowtorch, compress the spring, and let it let it cool as it's compressed to make it a harder spring. 
Yeah. A harder, yeah. They would take stock springs and alter them to be harder or softer. And you had to do all that stuff by feel. And Mm -hmm. the best person who ever did that was Phil Rondo. Yeah. And it was absolute magic. These cars were made of nothing, too. The 80s and 90s were were absolute fantastic before all the technology turned over. Big motors, no traction, was amazing. When you see those two guys, the animal and and, uh, Brian McCarthy, I mean, it was it was like a drift. It was like a, it was like watching drift racing, but actually meaning something. Yeah, because they're in an actual <laughs> race format. You weren't just they were to, actually racing. They, they were, were. They looked like a drift event. It yeah, really. They did. weren't trying to impress all the anime girls. Yeah, all the all they were actually <laughs> racing for like something that like an actual race. Yeah, it was really really great. So stuff. if you guys want, and they leaned on each other, and they never really were dirty either. They never really hit each other hard. They, they kind of just, just went boop they and bumped on each, each other, other a little bit, but yep. nothing that was out of bounds whatsoever. They never sent was. each other out of the track. So it if you want to see this, head on over to uh, youtube.com slash SidsVault, where we are aired on. Go look up uh, Brian McCarthy versus the Animal. I forget what the exact title is, but go check that out. It's a really cool little clip from one of the documentary series. Yeah, Flying Brian versus the Animal or something I think that's like that. what it's called, yeah. yeah I Just mean, ridiculous. My real, my, real, my real bitch or my real rant was actually going to be you know, nepotism between... You know, track owners and drivers and whatnot, which is going to be everywhere. But I'm it's like, never well, going to go away at this I'm point. Like, it's never going to go away. <laughs> it was always there. We know who you are. And you know what? I'm just going to end up shooting myself right in my own pee hole anyway. So I'm not just, I'm not going to go on into that. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, again, I, I I like having... I know I've bought a crate motor, but... And everything that we do you around have to. here is... They don't want me there. That's the problem, is that I did it... I have to rob a bank in order to get back there. You have to. They don't want us there. The problem is, is that I bought one because it was the advantage. You have to. If you're a racer, you go with the advantage every single time. Scott Sundin didn't buy one because he, he was saving money. That's for damn sure. He didn't want one. He he <laughs> he had a good motor builder. He was he was with Mike Pettit for a long time. He wasn't afraid to spend any. Mike Pettit builds f- killer motors. He builds all the he, SK motors and st- you know Sundin wasn't afraid too. to spend some money. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they were. He had great stuff. Are you kidding me? Yeah, those motors Nothing were stout. I understand. That's okay. Yeah, you know, but he had to get a great motor. He had no choice. Competitive, he had no choice. Yeah, it's like Jesse. Yeah. He's got two built motors sitting in his garage. Yeah, they're gonna. What the fuck's he gonna do with them now? They're all going to have to go to Hot Rods or something. Yeah, because what I the fuck is he going to do with them? You yeah. know what I mean? They're boat anchors now. Yeah, Hot Rod or, or boat anchor. Maybe I'll just take the heads off and use them as weights or ballast. They they gotta they got to just not be lazy for one. they got to be willing to tech. And again, the tech guys aren't the ones pulling the motors apart. Tell them what you want teched. Make them pull it apart. Come back when they're done. Tech the fucking parts, okay? Tech a crate motor, too, while you're at it. But create a rule system where you actually have competitive... Or competitive no, there's no advantage or disadvantage, but give the people a choice. You know, If you give people a choice, they can either take advantage of it or manipulate it into their own favor. Again, with a built motor, who knows if I, could run, if I would be running a crate right now if yeah. they gave me a little bit more back... And said, okay, well, the crates have a significant I mean, advantage, but we don't want to even I speak mean, about the it crate, because they're cheaper. Yeah, if the crate motor was supposed to be the cost-saving advantage that it was, you know, then they shouldn't have to have everything. 
No. The crate motor should have had a two barrel with headers from the beginning rather than a four barrel with those log manifolds or the uh, LT1 manifolds. Agreed. Yeah, I mean. It shouldn't be the be all the end all. It's supposed to make they, you they be competitive and get you on the track. They would have never had the open motors. I exactly. Mean, yeah, I it's mean, just, I, I, I was one of the. They box and they got away with it. Was I the last open motor winner, or was that you? No, was it? Was it? No, no, it was Jeff Van Pelt, wasn't he? The last open yep. motor winner, World Series twenty seventeen. Yep. Yeah, because I won the icebreaker that year, and then I won three races that year. Yeah. But he won the last one. Yeah, he's the last winner of the open motor. He's the last. Yeah, he's the last winner of the open motors, and that was in twenty seventeen. And the open and motor rules. He's got rules, a crate motor now. Yeah, he does. Because right. guess why? Because he couldn't compete. He spent three years trying to compete with his open motor. Yep. Can't do it. So he drove his bus around Crackton to get some, <laughs> to get some extra money, and he bought himself a crate motor. I spoke to him for a long time today uh, about all sorts of stuff. Oh, geez, my cats are fighting through the door. It's hilarious. You should see this. But, um, I mean, again, why they didn't do... We're kind of being, we're kind of pigeonholing the Connecticut tracks in here, but this is the problem we're speaking of. They didn't, I just, I don't want to blame the tech inspectors, but they're the only ones who have the say. So it's like, you you just, you have well, to, have you know, to be ask given for the vo- say from, the, all their rules have to be approved then through management. Yeah, that too. So management's lumped in with this, but they needed to do more research and i just don't think that man you know i'll say management didn't care enough because i think the tech inspectors did care i think management never cared enough to because street stock sportsmen are a lower division what the fuck do they care they're like we don't care as long as we get modified in late models we don't care we'll bring in the they're not sks yeah they're not sks they're not the tour they don't bring in the fans who gives a shit so just whatever rules they get they get true you know so it's like many stocks don't have a crate motor yet because they don't even give a shit about May stocks, which is unfair. They didn't even allow them to. <laughs> again, yeah. like I told you before, they're Some go of to your local crazy. Go to mini. Go to a mini stock race at Waterford or Thompson, okay, and see if they have fuel injected cars anywhere in that field. I guarantee you, they're all Mustangs from the eighties. Guarantee. They should yeah. just give the mini stock guys the crate engine that's in the uh, the uh, NEMA lights. I forget how much that costs. Yeah, What's that, like that cost? Cost isn't I bad, is it? I think they're like thirty-five hundred bucks for a long block. Yeah. What fuel do they run on? They don't run on don't like know. they don't run on like methanol or nothing, do they? No, I don't know. I don't know what they're running in those. Hmm. That would not be a bad option, but it would only really work for the Ford guys. I mean. But that's all those there's racing. You know, way back in the early to mid two thousands, they at least had some Volkswagens running. They yeah. had even had Chevy Cavalier running or two. That was Thompson. Of, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of variety of uh, Thompson with there, the maze stocks. There was a ton. You know, and, and a lot of times, it, which is too bad, a lot more attention needs to be paid to the maze stocks, especially because their their division, honestly, is like sometimes they're the best race of the night. It could a lot be. of times yeah. they are. Absolutely. Go to Waterford. They kick ass. Yeah. They're an amazing show at Waterford. Yep. So I think they really got to pay a lot of attention to those lower divisions because, again, like my point was, you can consolidate these freaking divisions out. We got too many goddamn divisions as it is. This is true. Make the mini stocks cheaper, make them easier to run, and then you get more cars. That's right. Get Again, I think this mini stocks can run a crate motor. Saturns can run an open motor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the all eighty horsepowers worth of Saturn. <laughs> there you go. 
again, it's just it's just people not making rules because it's not modified. I guess I don't know. There's just not enough attention being paid. It's that's half the problem too. Is I think they just don't care. That's another big issue. Mm-hmm. You got a rules package, it works, and then you look at the division, and the numbers just keep going like this, and it's like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not working. I don't know. So those are our grievances. Do we have anything else to touch on with oh, those? We got national news to go to, or did you do that already? No, we didn't do the national news yet. We haven't touched on that yet. Well, we better get going because we're already an hour 15 into this cocksucker. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, so Myatt Snyder won his first Xfinity Series race. Is that his first, like, top-tier, top-three series win? I don't remember I him winning so. a, I don't remember him winning a truck race. I don't know who. I, you see... So, so are we at a legacy? Marty Snyder's kid. I was just gonna say, Phil. Yeah, are they are they at a legacies yet or what? I mean, we're going down. Going to announcers now. We're now moved down <laughs> from you know drivers, to, you know car owners and drivers to to crew chief sons, and now we're going down the pit reporter sons. Yikes! Making it NASCAR has an image problem. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, think so. I mean, he's probably a nice kid. Blah blah blah. I'm whatever, sure, but you know. I mean, are we done with legacies yet, or what? Nope. I like that we're calling him a kid, and he's twenty-six years old. Well, he looks young enough. To... Yeah, he does. <laughs> they all look like toddlers to me. I'm got gray hair, and my belly steps over my dick. So I don't want to hear about gray hair, motherfucker. <laughs> Cry me a river. Anyway, so salt and pepper. The reason the reason he won that race was because Noah Gregson has the single worst luck ever at uh, Homestead, because he went into turn three. David Starr, who, let's be fair, was having a awesome race in that... Uh, what? Who the hell is this car owner again? Whatever. Carl Long. Carl Long and Carl Long was, Yeah. He the was 13th. number 13, jet fan pelt color. He was orange. inside the top 15. Yeah. He left a lane up top 12. so that... 12th? Yeah. Oh, he was the 12th. Okay, so he was doing better than I thought. Yeah. He was... He ran a lane down to give Greg's in the top side and a tire unwound going into three they showed a picture of it it pulled the cords out of it and he slid up the track hit the wall gregson nowhere to go slams into the back of him race over for gregson now gregson to go yeah with two to go now gregson's at this, big at, mouth at this point <laughs> at this point go ahead. i actually kind of felt sorry for him a little bit i, I really did i i was like i just saw a guy who to get his heart Ripped out of his chest and blah 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 and and you know. Oh, how could you not feel bad for I, him? And I really did at this point felt bad for him. How could you not? You know, I felt terrible for him until I heard what he said about uh, that t- Carl Long team. He said that uh, something about like it's a shit box and it shouldn't even be on the racetrack. And it's like, well, kid, guess what? Fuck you, kid. Because you know what? They I'm were not inside sad the- anymore. No, I'm not sad anymore either. You can lose that fucking race. Go fuck yourself. Because this low ass dollar team was in 12th place with a guy who's 52 goddamn years old, okay? And he was in 12th with no money, no equipment, no pit crew, worth a shit. They were doing great, and a tire unwound. Go blame, Goodyear. Go blame Goodyear, you idiot. This Keep is your... the problem with having these young kids in race cars. They have no idea how to handle themselves in front of a camera. And I am incredibly sick of people saying, oh, well, you want drivers with character, and then you get mad when they get mad. No, that's not character, okay? That's just being an asshole. An entitled right? asshole. An entitled asshole. Because you, because some... when, when you think of, I'm sorry, but when you think about things like this, you go, oh, wait a minute. Let's look at the parents. What's what? what I wonder what their parents are like to raise such a... 
uh, an entitled little brat. And then you go, oh, wait. Oh, shit. Look at Scott Gregson. Uh, 2020, September 2020. Sentenced to 8 to 15 years in prison because he was, he got a, he was drunk and he uh, killed a woman driving. Yeah, he had a DUI. He left his charity yeah. golf tournament. He had a few drinks and whatnot. Went over the road and plowed plowed into a woman and every and her family and everything and and uh, killed her. Yeah, it was manslaughter or unintentional homicide or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was the uh, yeah DUI. Was, and and it was like oh yeah the papers in the, in their uh, Las Vegas like oh wealthy well known real estate owner. Yeah. You know so I mean you, and you see you know. He'll do. He'll do two years and get probation. So you know, it gets eight to fifteen years for manslaughter. You know, so I know you how it see. Works. Oh well, I guess I guess you can see where it is. The kid had, you know, at at uh, thirteen he was in a bandolero, at fifteen he was in a legend car, and at seventeen he was in a full blown mate late model. Yeah, super late. Model. Super late model, and in Arca, and in Winston West or whatever the equivalent. Yeah, whatever is. the fuck he's running. Arca, Arca West. He ran a few Arca East races too. Yeah, whatever. And then he also ran a Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, truck. Uh, I think the eight AJ team. Yep. So you know another Las Vegas connection. Oh, probably great. gave him a house or something. You know the the pay for the ride or whatever. So yeah. NASCAR, like I said, it has a it has a bad it has an image problem. And if there's one thing, we don't care if you're a character. We don't care if you have personality. What we Tony do care, Stewart's a character. What we do care about is if you have tact and respect. And if you don't have either, you're an asshole, and we're gonna call you an asshole. Clint Boyer has yeah. care has. Is a character. Yeah. Kevin Harvick's a character. Yeah. They're well, all characters. They're all, they got some character. So Sometimes I, you like them, sometimes you hate them, but you know. I, I think Noah Gragson is an extremely talented driver. Yeah. Despite, you know, he was kind of silver platter fed it. Really oh, who easy. did he hit last year at Dover, Phil? He, he, it was a rookie that one of the Gibbs cars. Was it Ty Gibbs or was it uh, Harrison no. Burton? It was, no, no, I think it was... Was it Myatt? No, Myatt Snyder. I thought he, he took he out right-reared. Snyder at one point. Yeah, he right-reared Myatt Snyder. Yeah, he wrecked point. him at like Las Vegas, didn't he? He Just also drove right into him and wrecked him. Yeah, he also yeah. at Dover last year. He also drove into the the guy had a rookie stripe and everything. It was in fifth, yeah. and like it was like the first the five laps of the, the race. That, yeah, just ran the guys over. Who was that? Anybody see the irony in the fact that Myatt Snyder won the race that Noah got Lost. jacked out of? Yeah, that's pretty funny. It is kind of funny. So, I, I you know, do want. I, I feel I'm just feeling bad for him less and less. I do want to give a special shout out to Chris R and our Motorsports. They you didn't see him much early on, but at the end they came on very strong. Uh, Brett Moffitt had a very strong run. I think he had something happen, but he ended up with a top ten. Tyler Reddick was incredibly fast in the second car. Finished second. Got tossed for heights at the end. Who gives a shit? They're sponsored by racing stripes. Yeah, they're sponsored by racing stripes and white paint at this point. So if anybody wants to sponsor a good Xfinity Series team, none of our listeners will sponsor them, but I might as well throw it out there. Sponsor our podcast. Sponsor everybody. I'm giving you the idea. Sponsor the world. Sponsor Phil's race car. He's actually one driving right now. Hey, I'll be soon. Yeah. Uh, but also, Colleague Racing was a little bit surprising there, too, because they had one, two, three at the beginning, and then at the end, as soon as the light went away, it just they were gone. They weren't even there no more. Yeah. So that was disappointing to see. 
You know, um, I was laughing listening to some of the radio communication, both Saturday and Sunday, from the drivers to the crew chiefs, mm. and how many people during the while the sun was still up were just bitching on the radio like children about how horrible their cars are. And every single crew chief is like, <laughs> it'll come to us when the sun goes down. It's like, wait <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up and drive the car. It's like, the car doesn't have to drive well now. Wait a minute. Exactly. It's it's going to come to you, dummy. Have you ever driven a race car God, before? The track's going to change. these kids just fucking bitch about everything. What are you, what are you listening to with, with that uh, all it's access like NASCAR or apps or? and stuff, yeah. To listen yeah. to the radios. Like NASCAR apps and membership things, I think you can get it. Yep. So, Cup Series race, William Byron. White bread. Yeah, white bread Byron. Won the uh, Homestead Cup race. It was his second ever win, I think. But it was his third race with new crew chief Rudy Fugel. I don't think it's a new crew chief. I think it's just new in the Cup Series. I think he was his truck crew chief or something, too. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, but he came over from KBM to the Hendrick organization, and they won in literally their third race together. Um, Rudy Fugel is just a kick-ass crew chief, and that's a hell of a hire for Hendrick. I mean, they've been strong pretty much all year already, and they've already got a win under their belt. I mean, look at who's already in the championship. Michael yeah, right. McDowell. Yeah. Christopher Bell. Yeah. And William Byron. So that's three first. Well, that's three already. Yeah. I, I guess not three <laughs> first-time winners. It's like two first-time and one rare winner. Yeah. You know? It's his second win and two first-time winners. So the number of wins at the three guys is four. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. All right, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Tyler Reddick, again, very strong at the end. He passed two guys within the last two laps from fourth to second. I don't think he got tossed from this race, though. And he finished second. He he matched his best cup finish. I think he had it at Texas or something last year when uh, his teammate Austin Dillon won uh, and put himself in the chase. Yep. I will say I feel bad for Ryan Priest. That car was stuck in Turdville all day and never got any better. That car couldn't wait to get to the back. He started six and I, I it went, went straight backwards. A, I went to take a leak and he was in twenties when I came back. Yeah, that, that car was terrible. Too bad. Their, their mile and a half program was not the greatest last year at all times. So. I mean, he finished twenty first, but let's be no, fair. I agree, Phil. Yeah, let's be fair. His teammate was not that far in front of him. Last I looked, he was eighteenth. I didn't know where he finished exactly, but Ricky wasn't that far ahead of him. So what's that tell you? All right. I have. I think we're done here. I think we're all done. It's been like an hour and a half. I don't even remember how long it's been. But all right. So you can find this. I'm done here. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can find us on there now because we've actually figured it out. Actually, Sid figured it out. We'll give him the credit. Even though we go through about 40 minutes of technical difficulties with my stuff on our end. But anyway, uh, I'm sure he'll tell you all about it. You can find me at BrentGleason01 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Phil on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PJakesRacing, P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S racing you can find jesse somewhere in a dark alley again i don't know where the fuck yep, he is. you can find me at facebook at bootylicious69 yep and you can uh, find you him could... staring at his car in the garage now that it's got wheels off of it yeah no <laughs> i don't know what to do and uh gab.com slash i want to lick your fart box mm. okay all right tongue punch your fart boxes i'm surprised that uh i'm surprised that url was open yeah oh i'm surprised they didn't take it 
All right, so <laughs> until next week, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Check us out on YouTube again. we got some great content over there on the Sid's View page. I might even start my old YouTube channel back up after 15 years and start doing some racing content over there. And when I do, I'll tell you where it is. Until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>